We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA front office show. We've got a ton of NBA news to talk about, which is the way it goes this time of year. All kinds of trade rumors and things like that. So if you're not a subscriber yet, hit that subscribe button on the NBA front office YouTube channel and over on the podcast feed, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, subscribe both places. You can watch on the YouTube channel. You can listen and take us with you over on the podcast feed. Uh, Keith? How are you doing? It, it feels like every day we get closer and closer to the trade deadline. We're just going to get more and more little little tidbits coming out of uh, of trade news here. Yeah, that's exactly what's happening. We are uh, recording on Wednesday today and uh, tomorrow, Thursday the 4th, will be five weeks exactly to mm-hmm. the trade deadline. So we are almost... Uh, Almost there, almost into to a month out. So we're we're starting to get things happening. We're what roughly a week and a half away from basically everybody who's gonna be trade eligible will be trade eligible. That's mm-hmm. that's coming right up. So we've got that uh happening and just all sorts of stuff going on right now, which is all good, right? It's a you know, very, very busy time for the league because you've also got 10-day contracts starting. Contract guarantees are on Sunday. Uh, it's really the 10th, but you got to wave guys by the 7th. So that's when that'll happen. So we just got get a lot happening around the league. Very tra- uh, busy transactional period. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a busy time, which means it's a busy time for us as well. Um, I guess let's just dive right into it. Adrian Wojnarowski had a lot of stuff today over on Threads. Uh, where he does it kind of a weekly uh, question and answer there. Uh, the first bit that the Hawks are open for business on a trade. Um, this is, I mean, we've already heard DeJounte Murray. What other Hawks do you think could be on the move here at the deadline? Yeah, so I don't know if you do you get the emails that are like odds emails and all that stuff. From I do, yeah. Various sports books. Bogdan Bogdanovich, like, let it off. Now, I think it might have been in... Yeah, it looks like it's in alphabetical order. So that would actually it's not. Never mind. I take that back. That that is incorrect. So it is based said. on the most likeliest to be traded? I, I don't know. I, I don't know what the the main part of this is, but it's um he is uh he he was the first guy in there. Uh did you see who had the top odds to trade for him? Uh is it the Lakers? It's actually the Boston Celtics at two to one. Oh, sorry, it's it's, it's the Lakers for DeJounte Murray, right? I, went back I believe the, the other so, yeah. I believe that, so. That yeah, yeah. That makes sense, yes. Uh, the Lakers were, they're like 9-1 to one in the middle of the pack. Now, the only reason I'm bringing that up, it's not because it's a Boston thing. And Boston's not 
going to get him. They don't really have a reasonable way to trade for him. But it is interesting that he kind of led off the whole thing. Uh, 18.7 million this year, 17.3 next year, 16 million, and then a $16 million uh, team option in uh, 26, 27. So reasonable-ish contract, especially for Mm -hmm. what his production is. I do think there's a good chance he gets moved. I think they're uh, very open to moving DeAndre Hunter if they can. I think maybe City Bay could be in play. Maybe this is the year. Uh, if somebody moves on Clint Capella, we'll see. Uh, and then DeJounte Murray, as you mentioned, he's been kind of the most prominent guy out there. I don't think anything happens with Trey Young. It's too hard to move on Yekka Kongwu with the poison pill. And then Jalen Johnson is kind of a budding star for them. So it it's Definitely a team to watch for sure. Just with all those kind of guys they are an expensive team. They're an underachieving team. So that is a little bit of a mess in Atlanta as well. So let me ask you that about Clint Capella. What's, what's his, what's his market uh, at this point? Cause that's a player that, you know, a lot of, he's got a little bit of name value around the league. He's a player that most people recognize. He's making 20.6 million this season, 22.2 million the season after that, then his contract expires. Um, what kind of value would the Hawks be able to get on the market for for him? And should he be the guy to be traded and maybe clear the way a little bit for a Kongwu? Yeah, it's interesting when you look at Clint Capella because the team that had been linked to him forever was Dallas, and now mm-hmm. Dallas has Derek Lively. So I don't know that they're feeling like we get to jump in. And then you start, so then you start looking, all right, well, what other playoff teams could use him? Not Boston, doesn't fit there. Not Milwaukee, not Philadelphia, not Miami, not Orlando, not Indiana, not Cleveland. New York, maybe, but probably not. I would guess I think they'd rather just ride it out with Hardenstein. That's it for teams with a winning record in the East. So then you jump to the West, definitely not Minnesota. The last thing they need is another center. I don't think the Thunder make a ton of sense for him. I think they they would prioritize a more versatile uh, four or five type big. Definitely not Denver. Clippers, probably not. You've got uh, Zubac, Tice, and Plumlee now healthy. Mm-hmm. Kings, no. Pelicans, no. Dallas, we just said no. Phoenix, probably not. Houston, where he kind of came from, I don't think so. Not with Shingoon's emergence. And then you get the Lakers and the Warriors as your other two teams there. I, I That's the challenge, right? Is, is anybody going to be all over it? Because he's... Yeah. Not that he's not good. He's just a one-dimensional center at this point. Yeah, exactly. And that's the the question. Like, is he even, is he a positive value on this contract, given that he is a one-dimensional center? I mean, it's not a long contract. And so so we talk about this. It's not always the dollar amount. It's the years that really matter. But two years under contract at north of 20 million per, you know, you're talking about a 43, 40, yeah, about $43 million commitment to him over this season and next season. Is that is that one where the Hawks could recoup value? I would say it's probably more neutral. I don't think it's bad. I, right. I don't know that I would say it's good. Right. I think if Clint Capella moves, it's probably part of a much bigger trade where a team is like, you know, we're gonna remake ourselves. And and maybe mm-hmm. it's not one of the contenders, right? Maybe it's one of the bad teams that says hey, we we feel like we can jump in and really remake some stuff and move some players around and get things in a better balance. Maybe that's how this goes down. Uh, you know, there, there could be a way that that's how this all comes together where he's, he's just not, I don't want to say a throw in, but he's just a 
big part of a much bigger trade where a lot of pieces mm -hmm. move around. Yeah. Well, the Hawks will certainly be a team to watch. I don't know if I put them in the same stratosphere as like the Bulls or the Raptors, who we're going to talk about in just a moment once again. Uh, but they are a team that seems to be in the upper echelon anyway, the upper level in terms of teams that are likely to do something at the trade deadline. Like they feel more likely than a lot of other teams to get something done. Um, to wrap up on them, though, Bogdanovich, your, your thoughts there. Is that a guy that uh, that your Celtics should go after? I mean, they should. They just have no reasonable way to match salary. That, that right. salary's too big for them. I Anything? should have said could. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's the challenge, right? I mean, the, the guy they were also linked to is Kelly Olynyk. He's $12 million, is also a little too large for Boston to reasonably get in on. In order for them to get anybody who makes more than about 8 to $10 million, they have to part with a rotation player, and that just seems highly unlikely. It's they they're pretty happy with their top eight guys, and in for like Olenek, I've seen some people say, "Well, could they trade Horford?" I don't know what that does for you. It doesn't really change anything, and and I don't know that that makes sense. Horford is still playing very very well. It's not that Olenek isn't playing well, but they're just that doesn't change anything. You're still in the exact same spot you were. So mm -hmm. I don't I don't know. I, I don't. That one doesn't make normally when Vegas odds are kind of out of nowhere like that, it does perk me up a little bit, but I just, sure. I can't, there's no reasonable way to get to the matching salary. So I just don't think it happens. Yeah. You can look at it and say, well, clearly somebody knows something, right? When you see numbers jump like that, Generally. but still. All right. Let's talk a little bit about the Nets. This again, coming from Woj. Uh, according to Woj, it, there's a lot of teams I know that would love to have Mikhail Bridges, but uh, we'll just say they want to build around him. They want to build out their roster around him, which makes sense. Like they, he was of all the things that they got from the Suns in exchange for Kevin Durant, he was the centerpiece. Like he was the big piece in all of that. And uh, he's also really, really good. He's a good basketball player. And, you know, uh, he's had his ups and downs uh, throughout the course of the season. You can look at his shooting percentages and things of that nature. But if you're the Nets, he's a good young player that's pretty versatile. And it would make sense to be in their position to say, yeah, we're going to we're going to hang on to this guy unless maybe somebody does something crazy in a trade offer. Yeah. Post trade deadline, Brooks or Bridges, rather, Mikhail Bridges was at 26 points per game uh, with the sun, with the Nets, 47 percent, 38 percent from three average 6.6 free throw attempts per game. Small sample size, of course, because there's only 27 sure. games. But that's really, really good for Mikhail Bridges. And I think what's happened is he's still been good. He just hasn't been that good. And that's yeah. where the frustration has creeped in. This team, too, I, I think there was almost this thought of, hey, we got Bridges and Cam Johnson, and we stayed a playoff team, and we, we were in the postseason. Yeah, but you were in the postseason because KD and Kyrie and those guys got you there, right? That's how they got to the postseason. So I think your challenge is if you are the Nets, you didn't you 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 kind of were buffered by that great start early with the star guys, and then you kind of moved moved into the next piece. So I think we're just in a weird spot with the Nets where it's like, what are we kind of looking at here with Bridges? Is is Bridges the guy you build everything around or is he like he's a really great guy if he's your two and an incredible number three and we still need to go get that main guy those are the questions i think the nets have to be asking themselves right now but that seems yeah. a mess 
they have like two wins in their last, I want to say it's like 11 games, and both were over the Pistons. So that's uh, not exactly a lot to write home about. And that's where some of this stuff comes from, right? Is, is fans start clamoring for, well, is it time for a trade then? Because things aren't yeah. going well. And, you know, when things don't go well, people want to see changes made. So um, I, I still think when we look big picture, though, it makes more sense. Again, unless somebody does something crazy, it makes more sense to build around him. But obviously the Nets could still wind up being a team to make some moves here uh, on the trade market. We've talked a bit about, you know, like Royce O'Neal. Maybe he's a guy, Dorian Finney-Smith. Maybe he's a guy that they wind up moving on from. But to me, it makes all the sense just to keep building around Mikhail Bridge and say, you know what? Yeah, the shot percentages haven't been quite what they were. But but what he did last season, we already saw what he can be. And let's try to build around that and and, and get him back to being that. And you have him on such a good contract for the yeah. next couple of years beyond this one that I think even if he, you do decide, all right, you know what? He's a number two. All right. So you have him at 23, three next year and 24, nine the year after that. That's fine. That that's perfectly fine for what he maybe is as a player, even if he's that lesser version. So I do think there's a world where the nets could kind of pivot in a lot of different directions here, I would say it's probably time to think about breaking up that forward log jam. There's just a mm -hmm. lot of forwards on this team. You can't play them all. Even a guy like Trendon Watford, who I like a lot and had been playing well for them. He's now completely out of the rotation that happened about a week or two ago. So you, you just got to start rebalancing the roster a little bit. They need a little bit more playmaking and shooting. And that should be something where, you know, maybe you just find that balancing trade. Right, where it's hey, we're going to move a forward and we're going to bring back a, a wing or a ball handler who can create and just kind of go forward from there. All right, so let's jump over to another wing that this one we know is actually on the the market. Mikhail Bridges, I don't, I don't know the the Nets are even going to be that eager to listen to offers, but Pascal Siakam we know is a guy that the Raptors are going to listen to offers on. Whether or not they move him, we'll see. We've talked about what is actually best for them, but they already made a move, moved OG and Anobi. Now, will Pascal Siakam be next? And the Pacers, according to Woj, are a team that is in on him. Uh, I like the landing spot with, with the Pacers. How do they get there? And is there something that satisfies both the Pacers and the Raptors, some kind of middle ground here? Yeah, so the good thing for the Pacers is they're still able to get to about $9 million in cap space. So that is huge for them if they want to make, make a trade. Uh, for a guy like Pascal Siakam, because instead of having to match on his full $38 million contract, they've only got to send out about $29 million in salary. Now, that's still a lot, but the question becomes, could they sell them on something centered around Buddy Heald, or maybe Buddy Heald goes to a third team and Siakam goes to Indiana? Because otherwise, you're talking... All right, here's three, four guys that we get to pile together. Now, Toronto does have an open roster spot after the trade with the Knicks. And my guess is they're probably going to sit on that until the trade deadline. Just makes it a little bit easier to, to maneuver if they need to. So that's where you could get there, right? You could get to a spot where they make a, a, a match that makes sense. But it, maybe this is one where we got to get a third team involved, where we got to get Buddy Heald off to a third team. Or if the Raptors mm -hmm. are saying, Hey, you know what? We intend to stay competitive with quickly and Barrett and Barnes. Maybe they say, you know what? We'll take uh Buddy Heald. We feel like he can fit 
here, he gives us some shooting and we feel good. And and I'm not saying it has to be Buddy Heal because it doesn't. There's other sure. combinations, but that's just the easiest one to get to without involving a three or four for one kind of package. Yeah, I mean, there's there's some other guys that they obviously they're not going to trade Miles Turner. I would have to assume Bruce Brown's not going to be. Yeah, I would not so. going to be. I don't think they would they would move on from him. But they do have some interesting players here that they could stack up. Like who's outside of Halliburton? Who are you making untouchable if you're the? I'm assuming Miles Turner would be out as well. But who are you making untouchable if you're the if you're the Pacers in any kind of Pascal Siakam trade talks, or is it just? Halliburton, Turner, and everybody else will will listen to. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to be really convinced on someone like uh, Benedict Matherin. Just that's the one I'm, worried, I'm wondering good, about. He's young. Yeah, that one. I I I don't know. I'd have to really feel for Siakam, especially. Like, I'd have to feel like, all right, that's the guy to kind of lead right. us forward here. That's I'm just not sold that 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 he's that guy, but. Everybody else had yeah, to be open to, you know, Obi Toppin hasn't really found a home there. They just drafted Jairus Walker, but he, he hasn't really gotten out of the G League for them yet. So maybe you could move on a guy like that. Neesmith is hard again, poison pill guy. So probably not him. Uh, Brown, you just signed him. So probably not. So yeah, that's where it starts to get a little messy. Maybe TJ McConnell mm-hmm. could go because they do have enough guards. You've got Andrew Nemhard back and, Playing healthy, there's not a ton of minutes behind Halliburton anyway, so maybe you could go go something like that. Yeah, there's there's plenty of options here for the Pacers. I like the landing spot. We'll see if the Raptors wind up mm-hmm. making a move. I'm happy that they already made a move with Ananobi so that we don't have to complain about them anymore being that team that throws all the players out there on the market and then never actually does anything. <laughs> um, they, got, they got something done, uh, which is great, and now we'll see what happens with Pascal Siakam. Um, one last thing they, on this one, if yeah, I can. With the Pacers, if you're going to trade for Siakam, you better feel really good about your chances of keeping him. Yes, because you're not close enough to make the all-in trade right now. Like you're, you're, they're a good team. They're probably going to be a playoff team, but you're not that good. Like you cannot see, and Siakam is not good enough to lift them into the conversation with Boston, Milwaukee, and Philly. At least in right. my opinion. So you have to feel really good about if we get him and resign him, then we add and tinker around him and Halliburton and Turner. Now we can really start to build this thing out. That that's something you yes. have to be really uh, cautious of. If you're Indiana. 100%. This is, this would be the piece that leads to the final piece in my mind. That's, that's what would happen here at this with a Siaka move. And that final piece would probably be something they'd be looking to add over the summer, um, depending on what happens with a few other, you know, players and, and all of that. Um, and yeah. some of it could come from organic growth, depending on if they're able to hang on to, you know, Benedict Mathurin and, and some of the younger players. Um, all right, let's jump over to the other team that traded with the Raptors, and that was the Knicks. Uh, the Knicks reportedly will always have interest in Carl Anthony Towns. The same, I don't think, can be said of the Minnesota Timberwolves and their appetite for trading him, especially given right. how well they've been playing this season. I know we've heard the little rumblings that maybe they should move on from Towns, but given where the Wolves are right now, I just don't like, yeah, the Knicks have interest and that's that's fine, but I'm sure they, not that Towns is in the same tier or anything, but I'm sure the Knicks have interest in Giannis. I'm sure the Knicks have interest in Luca <laughs> yeah. and all, the, you know, all these other guys that aren't going to move. I, I just don't see the Wolves being in a spot where they're saying, okay, now is the time. Let's move Cat. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. They, they have finally seemingly cracked the code with him and Gobert playing together. Obviously, they're leading the Western Conference. Towns is 
his overall counting numbers may be down a little bit from earlier in his career. Rebounds have fallen off, but that's obviously because Gobert is there. Um, he's not having to rebound as much. His scoring is down, but Anthony Edwards has emerged. His efficiency's up. He's at 51% from the field overall, 41% from three, which is ridiculous for a seven-footer. Uh, still gets to the line four and a half times a game at 89 uh, and a half percent. So that is you know really good stuff for him. He's up around three assists per game. Uh, so that's pretty solid for a big man. So I, I just I, I think this is more of a Hey, if anything goes sideways or you fall apart and lose early in the playoffs and decide you need to blow it up, we're here. We'll, you know, we're, we're willing to always talk to you, but I, I just, there, there's nothing there. It's funny because when you were saying, um, you know, the Knicks will always have interest in my head, I'm like, as do the Timberwolves and 28 other teams in the NBA exactly. and countless thousands of teams around the world would have interest uh-huh. in Carl Anthony Towns. So yeah, I, I find it very hard to believe He's going anywhere. The other thing, too, is it's important to remember with Towns, uh, he's like in the same boat as Devin Booker. His uh, Supermax extension kicks in next year. Uh, so he, he goes from $36 million to $49.7 million. We mentioned Woj had some stuff in his threads uh, chat today. I'll mention it here because we're talking about the Wolves. Somebody asked, are they going to be willing to go deep into the tax next year? And I thought he gave a pretty insightful answer, which was, all small market teams say they will for a contender. And basically that's what the Wolves are faced with right now. You're a contender. Are you going to go deep into the tax? They have four, just Anthony Edwards, Rudy Gobert, Jalen McDaniels, or Jaden McDaniels, excuse me, Nas Reed, and Carl Anthony Towns. They're already at $165.6 million. The luxury tax line is set to be 172.5 next year. So, they're basically a tax team for five guys. That's Edwards, Gobert, McDaniels, Reed, and Towns. So that's before re-signing Mike Conley, before filling out the roster, any of that stuff. So they're going to have to go deep into the tax or make some major roster changes. My guess is they probably, as long as they have a good season and a decent playoff run, they will go into the tax, but it's probably very much a year-by-year thing uh, for yeah. the Timberwolves. Makes sense. And also remember, we've got a new ownership group there. And so that's, you know, maybe a factor as well. What's their appetite for spending? <laughs> new ownership group that had to bring in a third partner very late in the stages to complete buying the team. So maybe the tax is not something they're looking to jump into. I would hope that's not a case. Like that nothing's worse than a new ownership group comes in, buys a team, and then immediately is like, oh, yeah, poor mouth. We can't pay these guys. Sorry. Too bad. Right. Like, you know, Oh, hopefully this is the best setup for sustained success. The Wolves have had since Kevin Garnett was there by far. Yep. You, you can't tear this down now. No, no, you, you definitely can't. There, there's just no way. There's no way. Uh, however, it won't be Carl Anthony. I feel pretty confident saying this. It won't be Carl Anthony Towns, but the Knicks believe that they still, after doing the deal with the Raptors, they still have enough assets left over to get a significant player on the trade market. So, let's speculate wildly who could that significant player be that the Knicks would be targeting before we go there, man, your segue is on point today. It's new, new year, new, you new segue on my let's a game, man. I'm on my a game. That, that's for rolling sure. <laughs> today. I love it. Uh, let's see. So, well, let's start with, they're still sitting on Fournier's contract, right? 18.8 million this year. 
you've got a 19 point million or 19 point zero 19 million mm-hmm. uh team option next year so the Knicks are in a good good place with that they there's a world where everybody is like why did the Knicks pick up his team option going into free agency next summer if they don't move him at the deadline and it's because they've got him lined up as a trade piece that that could happen uh so that's kind of your big piece they've also got some extra draft picks I think their draft picks are a little overblown with how good they are because some of those are like pistons with crazy protections on it. Wizards with crazy protections on it. They may, who knows if they ever see them and if they do, they're not going to be great picks. So that starts to turn into a little bit of a question mark there, but you have Mm -hmm. them. So you can always put those in. Who could they go get? Clearly it seems like Donovan Mitchell is still a guy they would love to have. Cavs seem to have no desire to move him now. Uh, Probably not this season. So that's why I think, this could be something that drags into the summertime and maybe it happens there. It's I think this was more of a story of, Hey, we didn't go all in and trade everything we could to go to go get a OG and an We still have a whole lot of stuff we can do. I mean, they could even be in a position. Let's say they feel really good about Isaiah Hartenstein as their starting five. They mm-hmm. could maybe move Mitchell Robinson in a trade this summer. If they felt like, all right, you know, we got to go in a different direction that way. If they feel good about their wing depth. Quentin Grimes, who was famously off the table earlier, could be back on the table in, in trade talk. So we're we're in a spot where, you know, this could just be a position where, you know, the Knicks got a lot of different ways they can go with this, and they did not uh, lock in fully on any of the thing, any one path, I guess, by trading for Ananobi. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? 
you won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, that and that's that kind of flexibility could serve them well. Now, I, I hope they're not just limited to CAA clients, um, but those are always guys to keep, kind of like the Lakers with clutch, guys to keep an extra eye on when we're looking at at the trade situation. They do seem to gravitate that way, don't they? Yeah, a little bit. There's, there's definitely something there. OG and Anobis, one of his agents is the president, former president of COA, CAA. It's his, his son. So mm-hmm. that, uh, that, my guess is they've got some inside information on how that may go play out as far as contracts go. And that's not a bad thing. And it's not a criticism by any means of the Knicks. I think what's interesting too, is you're going to have to make a decision point at some point of, all right, does the Randall Brunson drivers of our offense, does that pairing work? Is that really what we want to be moving forward uh, with those two guys? Or do you want to, mm-hmm. does one of them need to move? Uh, probably more likely to be Randall. It seems like Brunson's the guy who's a little bit more locked in and stable there. But but we'll see. I, I think for now, the Knicks have set themselves up to be a pretty good, solid team the rest of the way this season. And then we'll kind of see where it goes. But they definitely do still have the ability. Uh, they are right in that belief of, hey, we can still go get somebody. That's That, that part is definitely true. Yeah. Yeah, and so there'll be another team to watch here as we inch closer to that February 8th trade deadline uh, as a team that could potentially, you know, make something happen, which I I think so far anyway, this year's trade deadline, it feels kind of similar to last year in that there's more buyers than sellers, which I think is a byproduct of the the play-in tournament and and all of that. Um, But I don't think that necessarily means there's just going to be no action. Like that was the fear last year was that, the sellers, the asking price was going to be so high because there were so few sellers that it was going to stagnate the market. And then that's not really what we saw. There was a decent amount of movement. I think we're going to get the same thing here, where ultimately there's enough teams that have incentive to move on some, on some guys that will get some moves being done. Will, will the Knicks be part of it? Probably. I mean, they're probably going to use that Fournier contract in some way. Um, and there's a number of teams that I think are, are highly motivated to try to make a move. So all of this, Keith, I think is setting up for, and again, I don't want to overhype it, but at least an, an active trade deadline here. Yeah, I'm with you. Eight, nine, I'm just counting up. There were like 12, 13, 14 trades on trade deadline day a year ago, and they ranged all over the place. We obviously had the mm-hmm. massive Lakers, Jazz, Timberwolves trade. There was that Clippers, Lakers, Nuggets somebody else i don't remember who uh trade where a whole bunch of dudes moved uh, orlando oh orlando that's correct yeah, yeah the bucks got involved in a trade you had that four teamer that almost got undone uh later oh, that's in the right day, with the warriors uh, with wiseman yeah josh hart yeah. got moved by portland to new york uh there were some smaller type types of deals that happened as well uh the purdle trade also happened on mm-hmm. trade deadline day in a few days out from that you know we had the um a couple small trades with the Kings and the Heat. We had Kyrie Irving was a few days ahead of the trade deadline. Got dealt. We obviously had the Harden uh, stuff earlier in the year uh, with that. So th- there was th- there was just a lot of stuff that happened. Um, you know, with that the Hachimura trade. That's the one I was thinking of. Was the Hachimura one happened towards the end of January? So 
yeah, we're in a spot where there's definitely things are going to happen. It just may take a little while. And that's something that, again, Woj has been kind of hammering on both TV and in these threads Q&As of, hey, don't expect a lot of movement right now. Like this right. may be another two, three, four weeks even. It may probably trade deadline week is when things will really start to pick up. And that's also a good thing too, because by then you just have that much more clarity of, all right, are we actually making a run at the play-in or the playoffs? We're not. All right, let's start to look at a different direction. Or, yeah, we are. We need to load up and go get someone. Maybe we'll get the uh, the infamous good Lord tweet from Woj <laughs> with the damn, damn burst like five minutes before the, the uh, actual be deadline hits. That, um, is that the would dream. be that would be fantastic. That'd be fantastic. All right. Well, I think that's everything that we've got for Wait, today. A Again. Minor injury things. Did you want to oh, okay. cover those? Yeah, uh, yeah. D'Angelo Russell has a, looks like a bruised tailbone. He does. Um, he has a bruised tailbone. He took a yeah. charge. I believe it was in the game the other day and so he landed on, on his butt. So yeah, it happens painful. So, yeah. Um, I had a friend that that happened to just as an aside once in a basketball game. He got, he got one of those ones, somebody bridged him on a layup and he got mm-hmm. wiped out, landed on his tailbone. And then it was like, he went into like a semi paralysis for like five oh, minutes, man. like could not move. Ended up being perfectly fine. He actually went on to play uh, four years of college basketball too, but it was really scary stuff. We, we were, I think we we're in like eighth or ninth grade. Oh, when it happened and he got wiped out. So yeah, scary. Keith, stuff. I'll never, I'll never forget doing that. Wearing rollerblades back in the day, Oof. I was probably in like third or fourth grade feet went out. I went down and I was going fast too. So I hit hard. And I remember like at first it hurt and then I was totally fine. And looking back now, I'm like, I would just be dead. Like yeah. I, I, I would not recover from that. And back then it was like, okay, I was down for like five minutes and I'm back up and I'm, and I'm good to go. Oh. There's a comedian who does you know. a really funny routine about like you, it, what age is it where you just stop getting the wind knocked out of you. Like you used to happen all the time oh. when you were a kid. Yep. And then you turn a certain age and it just never happens again. And he was talking about how, like, if that happened to me as an adult, I'd be like, 911, like, I need, like, an ambulance right now. I can't breathe. And he does, like, the whole funny voice. Where it's like, I can't breathe. Please send help. And, like, he's really funny. And then he goes through the whole thing, like, how, like, like it always happened when you're riding your bike and then you mess up your handlebars and never, like, the alignment is never right again and all that stuff. Very funny routine. If anybody knows of it, they can drop it in the, the comments on the show here. And then the other injury was um, Gary Payton II. Uh, that was the only other one that came across yeah. while we are recording here. If you saw it during the game last night, you knew it was bad. He went down immediately, grabbed at his hamstring, and he could barely get himself off the court. And now he's going to be out several weeks just a just a ruined couple of seasons for him uh, with injuries. He had that, we almost said, almost get the trade reversed, uh, recovering from an mm-hmm. abdominal injury last season. And then, uh, yeah, and then just, you know, was uh, out recently this season. And now he's just getting back. And uh, he was recently out with a calf injury. Now he's out with a hamstring strain. And he'll miss several weeks. So and that's a Warriors team that isn't super duper deep either. So that's a pretty big right. loss for them. Yeah, absolutely. That absolutely is. So, uh, the Warriors have been struggling. You know what? Injuries. I know yesterday we got to talk a lot about players coming back. Stay healthy, everybody. Stay yeah, healthy. Right. Let's keep these guys on the floor. Um, all right. Well, I think that's that's about it. 
So everybody make sure that you do subscribe to the front office show here on YouTube. Don't forget to follow us over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts as well. We'll be back tomorrow with more. Till then, everybody, see ya and stay safe. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.